Hello, my friend. Thank you so very much for joining us once again here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. It's such an honor to stand in the stead and in the incredibly large shoes of the founder of not only Bible Tracks Incorporated, but this long and storied radio program. Since 1958, when Paul Levine first recorded this program, it's been playing across the country as well as around the world, and it's now my immense privilege to be at the helm of this radio program, and I thank you for your investment of time and you being a listener today. It means so very much to me. In just a moment, we are going to pick up where we left off with Dr. Paul Levine recounting the incredibly, sometimes funny, but amazing story of his and Blind Bob Finley's leading of the Lord to team up and tour the country with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. If you missed yesterday's broadcast, don't go anywhere. Make sure you listen to today, and you can go and find that broadcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes. Now, before I turn you back over to our founder, Dr. Paul Levine, I'd like to recommend to you that you do something. I'd like to request a very small investment of your time. I'm not asking for your money. I'm not asking for financial support. I'd actually like to give you something, but it will require about two to three minutes of your time. You see, our ministry, Bible Tracks Incorporated, has begun in 1938 under the auspices of a holy God and Dr. Paul Levine. We've had a mission to be able to supply gospel tracks to people around the world free of charge. One of the best ways to familiarize yourself with gospel tracks, with Bible tracks, is by ordering our sample packet. Now, we send our tracks around the world, around the country, for free. We print them, distribute them, we ship them even for free. We bear the brunt of that cost. Now, we have dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of people on a yearly basis that undergird and underwrite this ministry, but we don't require that of you to send you gospel tracts. What I'd like to recommend you do is this. Visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and order our sample packet. We would send it to you completely free of charge. That web address, again, is BibleTracksInc.org. That sample packet, if I can describe it to you in short before we jump back into the account of Blind Bob Finley and Dr. Paul Levine teaming up for the gospel's sake, but that sample packet is one each of every track that we currently distribute. You can receive that in the mail within just a couple of days, and I'd love for you to look through and peruse those offerings and consider which gospel tracks God would want you to use in your daily life. Now, thank you so very much for listening. I'll leave you with the good stuff. This is Dr. Paul Levine. And uh, after the service one night, we discussed the idea of teaming up. Now, this was in November 1933, in the depths of the Depression. So I said, well, I'll tell you, Bob. I said, uh, I don't know if it'll work out for us to be a team or not. And I said, we'll pray about it and think about it. We'll see how it, uh, see how it goes. So I asked the advice of several people, several preachers. There wasn't one single person who encouraged me or told me that it worked. In fact, they told me it wouldn't work. They said, in the first place, we're in a depression, and you'll never get enough money to pay him. They forgot God was still alive. They thought God had died during the depression. See, God always dies in the depression, see? And they thought God was dead. And so they said, in the first place, 
You won't get any money to pay him. In the second place, nobody's going to come every night for a whole week or two. And back in those days, the campaigns were long. Our first campaign was three and a half. Our second one was eight and a half weeks long. And they said, nobody's going to come every night to hear the same singer every night. And so, hey, did you ever tell a 19-year-old kid something won't work? You try it sometime. You tell a 19-year-old kid something won't work. You know what he'll do? He'll do his dead level best to make it work. It's just to prove you're wrong. So I said to myself, how do they know? They never tried it. So I said, tell you what I'll do. I'll at least try it. I'll try it. And if it doesn't work, we don't have anything to lose. So I said, okay. Now I said, I don't have any money to pay you, but if you're willing to trust the Lord like I do, then I said, we'll, we'll give it a try when we have an opportunity. Well, I was 100% better than he was doing right then because he'd run out of concerts. They'd kicked this fellow off the air he was working for, and Bob was doing concert work, and the concert work was dropping off. And so he said, all right. Well, I said, the next campaign I have where they'll take you along, I said, I'll call you up. You're free. I'll come and get you. I went to Colchester, Illinois, and you folks who got our songbook, you'll see inside the front cover a picture of this church and what we looked like in 1934. Well, uh, I, I went a couple of days early, so I said to the people, you folks around here know Bob Finley? Boy, they sat right up straight and they put their ears up, you know. And, uh, yeah, we know Bob Finley. Well, we used to hear him all the time. And I said, well, now, if he's not already engaged in some kind of work, he'll come and sing during these meetings. If you want him, if you'll feed him, that's what, before I knew how much he ate. But I said, uh, if you don't mind feeding him. <laughs> then they said, no. Uh, they had a lot of farmers around there. They said, we'll, and a lot of uh, chickens running loose. And uh, so they said, yeah, we'll feed him. And, and so, okay, so you go get him. Well, uh, he was free. So I borrowed a car from a fellow, and, um, and I got some gasoline from another guy. And we took off. And uh, you said, why didn't you drive your own car? You should have seen it. It was an air-conditioned Chevrolet. It was air-conditioned in the wintertime, too. It was 1927 model. It was one of those old cars. If you ever remember a 1927 Chevy, every time that car stood for more than an hour, you'd have to prime the oil pump to get the oil pump to work. See? Every time the thing stood an hour. That meant after every service, every morning, if you take Bob to eat, after every meal. <laughs> and the way you do it, you start the motor, and then you unscrew the oil line underneath the dash. Then you stick your head under there and get your mouth on the oil line and suck on it until you get a big mouthful of black oil. Then you hurry up and screw that thing back on there. Then you get a little, bit, a little bit of oil pressure. And then you'd have to roll the window down and squirt that black oil out of your mouth. And I was always afraid some deacon would come along and swear the evangelist is tuned tobacco. <laughs> and I was just afraid to drive that car that far, so I borrowed a, a car and we took a fellow with me. We went up and got Bob, and before we left his, his folks' house, where he was then, he had his billfold out. Now, billfolds can be interesting business, especially the other fellers. You, you know what's in yours, but who knows what that other guy might have in his. So old Bob's standing there counting all the kale, you know. And I'm a little taller than he is, so I slipped over and shut one eye and aimed, and I looked over his shoulder. You know what he had in there? He had 14 $1 bills. This was in a depression, brother. I had just finished a month's campaign in Davenport, Iowa, and for that month they gave me $7 and some cents. This old boy had two months' salary right there. I said, that's the kind of a singer to have. You get one that's loaded in case you get hungry, you know. So uh, we started off to go back to Colchester, and on the way we had to go through Monmouth. And as we went through Monmouth, I, I said, now this is where Bob and I met, and we ought to celebrate. And uh, I said, we'll go in here, and we'll go get us uh, ice cream soda, and Bob will be glad to pay for them. 
I see, I knew he had the money, boy. And that's the first night on a new job, and he's scared to say no. So he bought us each a soda. That's the way we got started. And we just started off this way, uh, ribbing each other and writing each other. We do that all the time now. And some people think we're fussing and fighting and, and about to bust up. And I got people all over this country mad at me because they think I'm mean to Bob. Um, uh, if, if I had time, if I had time, I could tell you some real interesting stories about this. And they see us going real fast down the street. They think, look at that man dragging that blind man around like that. What? And... Uh, See, what they don't know is that he's pushing me, see? <laughs> and uh, when we come to stairs, we never slow down. And, uh, and not only that, but when we come to some stairs and we're going down, I tell him we're going up. <laughs> and when we're going up, I tell him we're going down. And that scares the women nearly half to death. They think he's going to get his neck broke, see? But the reason I tell him that is because he's so contrary, you've got to tell him to do wrong to get him to do right. <laughs> and um, so, uh, well, I'll tell you what, folks, we got some signals worked out, see, and um, one fellow who was mad at me for four years, he told me, he said, uh, said uh, he was confessing this to me. There was a second campaign in the church. He said, you preach that we ought to get right with each other. He said, I think you and I got to get something settled. And he said, ever since you were here last four years ago, he said, I've been mad at you. I said, what about what did I do to you? He said, nothing to what you did to me. He says, what you did to the way you treat Bob. I said, how do I treat Bob? Boy, he said, you came to our place, you got out of the car, and you raced across the barnyard real fast. You came up the front steps and never even told him where the steps were. And I think maybe I put some dill pickles in Bob's ice cream or something in the meal, you know. We do that sometimes. And maybe he didn't like that. And so when we left, we went across the front. He said, you went right across that front porch. You went right down those steps. and didn't even slow down. He said, you didn't tell Bob where those steps were. He said, that didn't set good with me. I haven't liked you ever since. I grinned at him. You know, he should have done this four years sooner. He wouldn't have to be mad at me four years for nothing. I said, you know something? I said, isn't it strange to you that we were going so fast, we approached those steps going up, and I didn't tell him where those steps were, and he didn't even stumble. Now, he never thought of that. And I said, how does it come that when we went down the steps, came real fast, went right down those steps, how come he didn't fall all over himself? Well, he never thought of that. Well, I said, I'll tell you something. I did tell Bob where the steps were, going up and going down. I said, didn't tell you, but I told him. Now, I said, I didn't say it out loud, but I said, we got the signals. And we do have signals, see? And when we're walking along, if we come to a step and we're going down, I got a certain signal. He pays no attention to what I say. Now, if there's any women around, they get scared easily. When we approach these steps, I give him the signal going down, but I yell, up, step up here. And boy, the, the women think he's going to commit suicide, see? So I just give him the signal down, and he doesn't pay. He never did pay any attention to what I tell him. See, and so when we come, when we're going up some steps, I give him the signal, and then he takes one step, and he knows we're going up. He never knows how many steps, you know. He just keeps climbing the steps, and that last one is never there, you know. <laughs> so when I explained that to the fellow, he got, that fellow he got over it. Well, that's the way Bob and I started out. That's the way we've been going ever since. That first campaign lasted three and a half weeks. And God bless, we had to take all the seats loose in the church, put them closer together, and finally uh, we had to move to the high school auditorium. And we, we, they put us on a local radio station 30 minutes every day. We didn't know any duets together. We had to learn to duet every day. We had to get a lot of singing done on these broadcasts. Boy, we worked hard during this. We both got to learn. Giants lost our voices. I could hardly squeak through a couple of nights. But God bless, it just seemed like maybe God wanted us together. During that first campaign, a uh, quartet tried to get Bob and tell him to go back and go with them. But I guess he felt like he should stay with me. We went to the next place. We're going to stay about 10 days. We stayed there eight and a half weeks. 
It was in an old dilapidated town hall upstairs, and they heated it with a pot-bellied stove. Now, this is in the winter. Now, we have winters where I live, way below zero, see? And uh, if you got anywhere near this pot-bellied stove, you'd burn out. I can't help listening to that man without being encouraged. He was known as the Dean of Evangelists, and everyone I talked to that recalls his preaching, his personality, his personableness, the corners of their mouth always upturn just a little bit into the beginnings of a smile when they recall Dr. Paul Levine. I'd love for you to join us tomorrow as we continue listening to Dr. Paul Levine. Before you go anywhere else, though, make sure you order our sample packet from BibleTracksInc.org. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.